Orange Crush is a name of many things. It's a great song by the band R.E.M. It's also a great soda. And also, it's a wonderful, wonderful drink that started and was based in the city of Baltimore. It's also exactly what happened when Florida State took the field in the Jamie Wireless Dome and demolished the Syracuse Orange 38-3. And Dave and I are here to talk about it on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today I'm joining the stream yard by Mr. David Wise. Before I tell me, ask Dave, you see how he's been doing this weekend. This episode of Locked On Seminoles is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and the SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling TV is the TV that you love for a price you'll love even more, so try it today. But David, what's going on, my guy? How was your weekend? It was good, Drake. I feel uh, I feel like this episode should be sponsored by Dashboard Confessional because I feel vindicated. I have predicted two blowouts in a row, and I have gotten two blowouts in a row. If anything, I was too nice with my score prediction. I said 42-13. <laughs> it was way too nice. I love that reference. That's so good. <laughs> Right, but you're right though, Dave. I mean, listen, hyperbole, Dave, is a real thing. There are times where just you know you're automatically saying, "Oh, that's that school, that's that team." Sure. They have football there. They play football. But the past two weeks, you have been right on the money with the prediction, and also you were a little nicer in your prediction actually with F- with FSU against Syracuse. I think you had it was a 42 to 13 kind of game. Yep. And Syracuse actually failed to have anything on the offensive side of the ball. So let's start there. The game 383, as I said, Garrett Schrader surprised us all. He actually started the game. And it was kind of evident that he wasn't 100%. When you saw basically character coming in, how did you feel with the, kind of the, the, the news actually of him starting over Carlos Del Rio Wilson? Well, I'll tell everybody what I told you. Um, I gave you a preview based on what I would have expected Syracuse to be able to do with Del Rio in, which is not that much uh, because it made him so one-dimensional and would have kind of forced one of two things to happen. Sean Tucker to just destroy a loaded box all game or Del Rio to have the game of his life, the Heisman campaign starting game that Florida State teams of the past may have allowed. Um, The moment they announced Garrett Trader for the game, I think I texted you, well, this just became an easy win because you can't allow a guy whose biggest threat is his mobility um, to go in against and banged up against a defense that has been feasting the last two weeks. Uh, The, This is the second season in a row where I feel like the defense towards the end of the season has kind of started to find themselves. The defense started out the year, especially once you saw guys go down to injury in the really opportune stretch of the schedule. The defense kind of fell off to a degree and you got Fabo back. um, You got Jared verse healthy and those alone. There's there's some more guys that are healthy now have made a world of difference and did in this game. No, I completely agree. And I was like, shout out to Adam Fuller, who I think <clears throat> heading into the year, I think we said like not even a hot take that we can definitely see as potentially being a top 30 defense. I had it on my scalding red hot takes yeah. that I can see as being a top 15, maybe even a top 10 defense. And 
with the when Fabian Lovett and Jared Verse out, it really hamstrung hamstrung the entire personnel scheme wise because you had no push up front, and you saw Robert Cooper didn't have his running mate. Jared Verse with him out, you weren't getting the same sort of I guess penetration or pressure on the quarterback, and then now you also see Jay Robinson forced to basically be playing cleanup and making sure no one goes over the top. But now you see with those two pieces back, Jamie Robinson is playing a lot more close to the line of scrimmage inside the box. And now you're seeing him play very well. And Adam Fuller has prevented two straight in two straight weeks. No team has a lot has been able to score an offensive touchdown against against FSU. And that's something that quite frankly, I would never have thought I would see the light of day where Adam Fuller is probably your one of the best coordinators on your staff. Sorry, best yeah, coordinator. And- and allowed that against a team that was kind of like a preseason darling in Miami, which obviously looks hilarious now. And a Syracuse team that after six games looked like it might win Dino Baber's uh, Coach of the Year award. Um, just a few things I want to point out. This was our second highest graded defensive game of the year. And what gets me really jazzed up about that is the tackling grade, the fundamentals. Th- these guys are not making mistakes on defense. They're playing really uh, – they're playing together. It's it's all complimentary football is what you're seeing. I think you heard Norvell say that on his post-game show, and I think it might have been Jared Verse saying the same thing. Um, the coverage grade. This is the second game in a row you've had a coverage grade of, 83, of 82.9 or better. Um, that was the unit that was much maligned throughout the year, and we talked a lot of crap about how poorly the defensive backs were playing, and they have locked down their last two opponents. The what might be most impressive to me in this game, though, is if you go look at Syracuse's grades, that was their second best pass blocking game of the year. It was, an, I think it was like an 82, which is a really, really good pass blocking grade. And we made Garrett Schrader look like the most inept quarterback on our schedule, potentially, including Miami. Um, I, I, I joked to you last night that his arm should have been sponsored by Ronzoni, but he was just frazzled the whole night it was clear he wasn't going to be able to run past you which made the game plan really easy forced them to be one-dimensional and he could not beat you with his arm yesterday so this defense just played so sound um big you know the 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 fun big plays were there for the defense uh guys making statements but also just really fundamentally sound football that didn't let anything behind them it was just such so good to see a florida state defensive pass yeah, and also, like, overall, like, folks, Gary Chair's final stat line was six completions on 16 attempts for 65 yards for a 4.1 average and a QBR of 7.6. That's right, 7.6. Not 76, 7.6. Carlos Del Rio, sorry, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, zero completions for one attempt and one interception on the day. Shout out to Greedy Vance. That was a great pick. Yeah. He has, actually, I think, he now he leads the team with three interceptions, but... Yep. This defense overall, also, they are a physical, physical bunch. They're, they're yep. Someone mentioned, I think, actually on Twitter, that it's very bully-esque, and they're kind of exerting their will and their dominance. Basically, like, wait, we are better than you, and we know. It's like the Globo Gym kind of tagline that uh, Dwight Good- Goodman says in the uh, in the movie. Yep. So, like, to me, it's really fun to see this defense kind of, like, as a unit, collectively. They, they just swarm the football. They, they maybe basically kind of suffocate you offensively. And right now, we've seen that for the past three straight weeks, and now against Louisiana, I, we might have to send a send a, uh, a prayer for them because I feel bad for that Louisiana Raging Hayden's offense coming into Tallahassee. I, I don't I don't feel bad for anything to come. This is making up for the last five years of just BS. Um, if you listen to the ACC post game show, I think it was Jordan that said the big focus in practice has been dominate the dominate the play and dominate the day. And you could see like that. that 
I, I know. And on a play-to-play basis, you're seeing uh, domination both in individual aspects of the game and matchups, as well as just collectively as a defense. This has been a defense that the whole year has really not let a whole lot behind them. But now they're not letting a whole lot past the line of scrimmage. Like, it seems like every yard the opposing team gets is hard to get. And when one guy maybe slows someone down but misses the tackle, another guy's right there to pick it up. It, it's just – it's beautiful. It's artwork. And Adam Fuller, you owe him a massive apology. Yeah, I mean, he's doing really well. I mean, I, what else do we to do right now, Dave? I mean, he's done an incredible job. We have a top 15 defense overall defensively it's great and he also the one thing he actually stopped the past two games he didn't allow an opening touchdown drive to start the half which is something that quite i mean we all were like what the hell (laughs) why is like why why was it a consistent thing it was like death taxes and fsu defense links an opposing team scoring the the first play opening drive of the second half but overall adam fuller has coordinated a great defense ranishan doing the same thing with the linebackers overall it just seems like all the pieces are falling all into line and just now it kind of bugs me that when now you see this fully healthy defense yeah. overall, like what could have been if the team was fully healthy for the entire year? Now, granted, it's football. Football is an aggressive sport. It's a collision. It's a collision sport that ne- that very rarely ever happens. But it's just damn. If we had Fabian Lovett and Jared Verse fully healthy for that stretch of three games, who knows what this team could have been? Nope, we're not doing that. That there's not a lot to be negative about. That is a question for another day. We will address that question, believe me. But this is a positive segment. And Drake, tell everybody else some something else positive. Well, folks, what they something is really positive is something that Dave has been using for a very long time, even before they became a sponsor at mm-hmm. Locked On Seminoles. Our friends over at Upside, yep. David. Listen, yeah. inflation has all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why Dave and I, well, Dave before kind of told me about it, started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Dave, can you tell the folks how Upside works? I can. Guys, you literally just open this app, Upside app, on your phone, all right? I have $7.97 that I can just withdraw right into my PayPal or various Venmo. There's all kinds of ways you can get your money out. You're going to get the gas anyways. They will give you money for buying the same gas that you're already going to get. Open the app, check in at a gas station location that participates, and the money is just sitting there that you can withdraw. It's so easy. There is no good reason or no reason at all not to do it. There's no good reason I'll do it, folks. Listen today and download the free Upside app today and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more by using promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. Make some cash back with our friends at Upside. All right, Dave. Yeah. Now... We talked about the defense, gave them the flowers. Adam Fuller, I apologize. You're right. You should get the extension. You've been doing a great time. You've been doing a great job all season long. I won't say all season long, but for the past few weeks, you've been doing wonderful, wonderful things overall. Now let's talk about the offense. Jordan Travis had another big, big, big day. We talked about the Miami game where he only threw the ball 12 times, so it's kind of hard to critique him, even though there's nothing we really critiquing him about because he had basically 10 passes for, what, three touchdowns, so every every other four passes was, was a TD. To this game, he was what twenty of twenty three for twenty one of twenty three. Twenty one of twenty three for two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and also a receiving touchdown. Shout out to Wyatt Rector, the former Western Western Michigan quarterback. Dave, offensively, what did you love to see from this game? 
Well, offensively, I love to see that Jordan had three passing touchdowns and five total touchdowns. Don't sell it. Oh, sorry, sorry. My apologies. My yeah, apologies. I'm, not, I'm a lawyer. Bad math is bad it, for me, man. Come on, you know this. It, it's funny because what I said before the game is I wouldn't expect us to have. I would expect us to have kind of like a conservatively called game. Jordan was exceptional, and he was especially exceptionally efficient in this game. He attempted only 23 passes for 155 yards, but he only had two incompletions. He had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. Add in, uh, add in the the running touchdown and the rec- receiving touchdown, and it was just a super efficient performance out of Jordan. But he was not the story on the day to me. Uh, really, Trey, Bens- Trey Benson okay, fair point. has developed into a running back that you could argue maybe having maybe playing better right now than you ever got from cam Akers. you could make that argument right now that he's playing as well as we have had anybody play at the running back position since Dalvin cook um another 163 yards on the day uh, over 18 carries averaging over nine yards a carry and it truly felt like every time you handed him the ball you were at least getting a first down uh he his development in this offense and what his performance has done for the rest of the offense, making life easier is just nothing short of remarkable in light of the knee injury that he responded from that. I especially, and I think you and a lot of other people questioned whether it was, whether we really needed to take another running back with Trayshawn Ward here to a Feely coming back in the fold. Um, I, I could not have been more wrong about Benson and his improvement by the week is a huge testament to what Norvell did at Memphis with his running backs. It wasn't just like guys like Kenneth Gainwell. Norvell clearly has something special uh, with the offense he calls and the way he develops his skill players. So just could not be more thrilled with the position this offense is in right now and how it's developed over the course of the season. It was almost a flawless game. And it was so good to see guys like Malik McClain and Kentron Portier uh, get involved in the offense and, just breaking one-on-one tackles, making plays for the team that has to feel good for guys that uh, have had their confidence questioned a little bit. No, I mean, I, I mean, I completely agree with that. And Trey Benson was basically, that was probably my story one B on the day. I mean, yeah. that kid it's when Trayshawn Ward went down, I actually was worried about it. Like Trayshawn Ward, while not your fastest back, I thought he was your, probably your best. He had the best patience and the best vision out of all of the three of them. I still yeah. kind of do, but you definitely see now, over the past few weeks where Trey Benson has grown. And it's something that basically you see uh, during the Miami game where I, for, I forgot the, the middle was blocked up. He, you know, who went to his lineman, stopped, waited a second, saw another hole open up to the left side, and that's when he ran in for the first touchdown. And you saw that several times in this game against Syracuse. Mix that with a very, very talented backward, like high speed. Also, he's he is just a monster. He's it's, just, it's a chore. It's a burden to bring him down. You don't want to tackle that guy. He's a bruising yeah. big back. So when you see... Right now, I think right which we're playing a waiting game at this point because I don't think that Trey Benson will be back next season because with the one thing of running backs and going to the NFL, you want less tread on the tire, so to speak. And he or more, or, or no, nah, no, no, no. I just, you I want was, less wear and tear, more tread. Yes, thank you. That's what. Yeah, thank. See, they, this is why I keep Dave around, <laughs> folks. This is why he keeps me around. But overall, like that's I mean that's what you have, and he hasn't been used very much. And you you see what he is having this season. That the talent is there, the skill set is there. The production is there, and most of the running backs that Mac Norvell has coached are in the NFL. Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. Dale Henderson Jr., he's over with the Rams now. Kenneth Gainwell, he's with the Eagles. Those are backs that are making a career in the NFL, and they all started with Mike Norvell actually at Memphis, and now 
I think Trey Benson is going to be someone that we need to count down our days and just cherish the last two weeks that we have with him. Yeah, I don't know if anybody caught this on Twitter. Dontavious Jackson was kind of saying, God, I wish I wish we had had Norvell for the tagger. Yeah, you know, it's, it is kind of a shame looking back about the what could have been with all those guys that were there under the previous regime. Uh, but setting that aside, it's a scary thought that we tried Trayshawn Ward for a few runs in this game, and we just didn't need him out there. Like, it, whether he's fully healthy or not, he wasn't needed. Give him another week. That seems like it's what happened. It is a really scary thought. What happens when you have a fully healthy Trayshawn Ward and a fully healthy and this confident Trey Benson? It The only shame here in this season is that we're not in game one right now and that we only have three games left to watch uh, the running dynamic of this team. I hope there's a scenario where all those guys are back next year because they're going to be able to feed off each other and you're going to be able to take one out and put the other in with zero drop-off. It's incredible what this team has turned into. I mean, they're like a legitimate thunder and lightning, right? It reminds me of when Sony Michelle and Nick Chalbox were, pl- were playing with the Georgia Bulldogs, where Trey Benson, he's your thunder back, he's your big bruiser, he's hitting yeah. people. And then Ch- Sony-, Sony Michelle being your Trey Benson, where you're more elusive back, the pass catch, the patience. And it's just something that, quite frankly, it's it does kind of suck that we only have two more games left with these two, right? And this is a running back stable. This is an offense that we're finally getting to see overall how this offense is built for playmakers. And it's something that, I mean, we saw, what, 25 different players? That's not 25 different players. Around 10 different players yesterday catch a reception overall. It feels like what, whoever you plug into this offense now, right now, as the way it's rolling, is going to be able to contribute, be consistent, and also be effective. And that's something that if Mike is able to find it out on the recruiting trail when the season's over and you get them the, you know, the five stars, the, lower, the higher four stars, this is going to be a very fun team to watch moving forward. Yeah, the, the offense is playing at an elite level. The defense is playing at an elite level. They're feeding off each other. It's it's helping the special teams. Everything is just coordinated and in sync and humming right now. Our team's elite. Drake, tell everybody about something else elite, please. Well, something else elite, folks, that is our friends over at Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as a the driver themselves. When I think of the unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Dave, what do you think is a thrilling moment from the game this past week? The thrilling Honestly. moment. The thrilling moment is one of the Syracuse players coming over to our sideline and chalking some crap, and they're down thirty points. And Mike Norvell saying, "You know what, Squirt? We're going for fourth down." And what do we do? We do a Philly special pass from who threw the pass? Wyatt Rector. Wyatt Rector, former for, of Leesburg, Florida, the special teams god. He's great on special teams. I will give him that. He's a good he special teams player. But but he throws the touchdown to Jordan Travis. We had no reason to throw another touchdown or run us a, a trick play in that scenario. I like Mike Norvell putting a thrilling moment out there just to stick it to the other team when they're trying to get a little cute on the sideline. I mean, it's grand, folks. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. All of them are available now at NissanUSA.com. Folks, my first car was Nissan Altima. That thing is now over in Panama. So whenever I go back, that's my car for there because Nissan's, that's just the best car to have. So head on over to NissanUSA.com today. All right, Dave, we're towards the end of the show. We're going to be wrapping up here. I actually completely forgot about the Syracuse player like coming down back over the sideline. Yeah. Mike Norvell just, you know, you know what? I'm just going to drag my nuts all over Dino Babers' face real quick and just basically just call this great Philly special. But Dave, we're at the end. We're at the end. We're not going to do a Louisiana preview. I don't think that's something that kind of we need to do till later on in the week. 
How do you feel about this team moving forward? The new AP poll actually did drop earlier today. We are now 20 in the country. We are top 20. Actually, ESPN FP, by FPI standards has us, has us at 11 or 12 in the country. How do you feel about the way this team is currently structured and basically their, their, what's the word, their standing in the cultural bowl landscape right now? Well, again, I said we're not going to do this. We'll do this later in the week. But it's it's just like you think about a, one or two plays breaking differently, and you're suddenly a nine and one team or an eight and two team, and you just wonder if this is like a team competing for top ten status that maybe if they had beat Clemson would be playing in the ACC championship game. Uh, but that's it's okay. That's that's not what happened, and that's okay because where we are right now as a team, we have not played better since two thousand. 16 maybe this is the best team we've had this is the best you've seen florida state play i think since jimbo had Jameis. i i I don't i don't think it's been better since then it feels like it feels like as florida state is able to assert their will and break the will of the teams they're playing right now and it'll be interesting to see just how how much that can be replicated over the last couple games of the season whether that momentum continues because it is the, the most encouraging thing is not, I don't think, just the fact of how we're playing. It's that you are seeing in the process that the really young guys like Patrick Payton is developing into a monster. And guess what? He ain't kid going stuff. anywhere. He's gonna be get, he'll be back next year. And he's playing at a very high level right now. So you have contributions from guys that I think a lot of people might have written off, like Greedy Vance after he gave up that unfortunate pass that I don't know how wasn't intercepted earlier in the year. Um, I, I just, a lot of, a lot of guys right now are playing, I think to their potential, which is a testament to the staff that they're getting the most out of these kids, which lets you know that the kids are fully bought in the coaching staff is, is not, you know, coaches have to recruit, they have to coach and they have to call plays and everything is clicking right now. Save for, I think Norvell city had one dumb play call in the first half, which is true. Uh, but I'm glad he recognizes that and is learning from that. These kids are clearly learning lessons from this coaching staff and just the mind meld of where this team's at. Everybody's where they're supposed to be out on the field and they're not making mistakes. They're capable of the big play. They're more efficient now. Everything is going right. I mean, it's, I like how you said that this team is now like imposing the will and actually being aggressive. It's one thing I know is throughout the entire game and I picked up on that's, Usually, whenever you see like teams trash talking with each other, it's typically you know one time you see like a bad team kind of doing it. Basically, we you know you're fle- you saw it in the Miami game where CJ Campbell, the preferred walk on, like he got the first down, and then you see James Williams like kind of flexing, kind of like getting all over him. But then in this game, you see Jared Verse gets a sack, starts chirping at the linebackers. Sorry, the uh, the linemen. You see Tane Bethune also gets a sack, starts chirping everybody else around him, and you see Micah Micah Pittman. If you see, actually never keeps his mouth shut. I think his mouthpiece yep. is never in his mouth overall. And he's someone that gets the first down, gets right back up, stares right at the DB and drops it. If in, but it's like in a way where they're just showing them basically that we are better than you, but also they're not they're not taking anything from anybody. And it's something that they always say, where like in year three or year four, you see the team kind of get the personality or the mind meld, like you were just saying. Of their head coach, Mike Norvell, you see, he's a very fiery, like he's a very, very fiery little guy. Who was a slot wide receiver at Central Arkansas. You know, yep. grind his teeth, got you know, kind of got his resume through being an offensive coordinator, then being at a Memphis for several seasons. You're seeing a team that it's really fun to watch. And also, it's fun to see them kind of just basically do what they're supposed to do each and every play, whether it be get the tackle here, stop them here, or even do the small little things, even the correct way, and just all do it 
together as a unit. And that's something that we have been waiting for this for a very long time. And my very long time, I mean, four years that this now seems like a, like a cohesive football team. And it's something that this is one of the best teams in the country. And that's something that we've been waiting for since we started this podcast. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest here, guys. It's fun to be good. It's more fun watching Florida state and caring about it as much as we, and because you're listening, you do when we're this good or when we're good in general. Um, what, what I love about this team is that they have a swagger about them, the kind of Florida State swagger that you expect about our, our teams that have been good and great. Um, but they're not complacent, and they're not uh, – they're not. I don't think they're – they're not complacent, they're not selfish. Like, if you go listen to those post-game interviews and hear what Jordan Travis had to say, he didn't give himself an ounce of credit. That kid only wants to get better, and he only wants to make everyone around him better and put everybody in the best position to succeed and put the team in the best position to win. That's exactly what you want out of a team. When they start finding success, how are they going to react? They stay humble, but they have that swagger. It's beautiful. And also, you said they're having fun. Like, you see the guys smiling the entire time. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is a game. But also, it's like, it's it's you can see that they're all having fun. And also, the process of being of getting this good is fun. And it's something yeah. that it's really hard to, you know, kind of, you know, cultivate that with the, with a group of 18 to 22 year olds. That's why like, you see the head to turnover yeah. in college football, college likes in a whole is extremely, extremely high. So just to just seeing it overall, it's, this is good. This is tight. Now we're going to, let's wait till the end of the offseason to basically see how we're able to reload this. But for right now, this is something that this is probably the first evidence. I think that, you know, we can, we can kind of point to being like, this is something that is sustainable. This is something that the proof of concept is actually working. And this guy very much be could very well be the guy for us. I'm glad you said that. I'm not even sure it's that the proof of concept is working. I think the concept has been proved, proven. Um, at this point, it, you're, you're going to need to convince guys to come back for next year. You're going to need to do well in the transfer portal and finish out the recruiting class strong. But this, ha- this team has a very bright future, especially with Coach Norvell here. Um, he's, he's shut everybody up, including us, who have at times doubted him. Uh, clearly, clearly, he has the attention of this team, and he's getting the most out of them. This isn't a team full of five stars. It's just not yet. But if they keep playing like this, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a recruiting pit to want to come play in this offense. Um, that who's who's the the kid committed to Texas right now? Um, oh, Cedric Baxter. Back. Cedric Baxter, man, I, I don't know how you watch what Texas did and watch what Trey Benson did and not want to come play in this offense. It's fun, like you said, the kids are having fun and they're killing it while they're out there and that's, they look good doing a, it too it's like it's do. like they're not they're not they're not just winning just you know by a skin like they they look good winning and they're happy like like when you see jordan i think there's a picture of him like you know running for the touchdown he like puts his fingers up like this and smiles i'm like damn like that's the jordan that we wanted to see because yeah. after you know, during that three game losing streak it's like you can see that he just didn't wasn't just completely there but now you just see like everyone is being on the same page and just like just it's fun again and like fsu football is fun again and that's something that we haven't been able to say for a little bit yeah the 10 10 this is a 10-win season is still in play for this team, including the bowl game. You've got to feel good about Florida State's last two games of the year, especially against Louisiana. We'll get to that. But got to feel good about your chances against Florida. And this team's going bowling. And the way they're playing right now, I don't – I would I would challenge you. Go look at the AP Top 25. And how many teams are you confident beat the, this Florida State team playing this well? There's only a handful. And it's a great place to be. And it's something that – I, I feel like a lot of us thought was hopeless and now we're back. And folks, if you think, you know, that you know, things could have gotten even worse, the real definition of hopeless right now is occurring at College Station. 
because shortly after FSU won their seventh game to have their first winning season since 2017, Texas A&M lost their seventh game against an interim head coach, Cadillac Williams. Shout out to one of the goats. Good, good for him. Making, and good for him. He was making $400,000, whereas Jimbo Fisher, with the number one recruiting class in the history of the entire country, being paid dollars to lose to an interim head coach at home. But hey, listen, what else are you going to do? But Dave, I think it's enough time for today. Please let the folks know, one, how much you love them. Two, you can do a little victory lap for Syracuse because you called the game correctly. And three, let, let them know what to do on the YouTube and the podcast level. Trick, I only care about being right in this context because it means we blew another team out, and I'm going to keep predicting it until it doesn't happen. But I love each and every one of you, and thank you for being here. We could not do this without you here. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, for the podcast, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you can get podcasts. For the YouTube, please do give this video a like if you did like it. Uh, if you didn't, you can leave us a comment and tell us why, and we can try to get better and give you what you want. Uh, subscribe to the channel, please, and uh, ding that little bell at the top. It'll turn on your notifications and let you know when our episodes drop, so you can uh, you can come here and rejoice with us about the state of Florida State football being great again. Uh, it is a happy Dave. It's a happy Drake, and we will see you all next time on Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody, and RIP Anthony Rumble Johnson. Go, Noel.